Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Brad Chambers is in. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you, everybody. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. And if you become a supporter, I greatly appreciate it. TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Brad Chambers, the former Indiana Secretary of Commerce, filing the paperwork. He's running for governor. Putting out the statement as Indiana Secretary of Commerce the last two years, I've witnessed firsthand how important leadership, vision, urgency, and aspiration are to the future of Indiana. I am running for governor because I want Hoosiers of today and Hoosiers of tomorrow to believe that Indiana offers an opportunity for an excellent life. I am ambitious in my vision for Indiana, and I look forward to talking with Hoosiers about the best way to continue making our state the envy of many. Now, him getting into this race changes things. First things first, Chambers has a history and a story. I've only met the man once, and that was socially. He was a nice enough cat. Is he Mr. Personality? Oh, God, no. He is not Mr. Personality. What he is is effective. He's been effective in his private life. As a a businessman, he was effective in running the IEDC, effective as the Secretary of Commerce. The businesses that we saw come in, he has a lot of his hands in terms of uh, making that happen. I have, uh, through other conversations, certainly heard people discuss what was missed, what fell through the cracks before he got there, and what it is he tried to push that he thought was not properly brought to him as something that we as a state should be going after. Do I think he's a go-getter in that regard? Yes, I do, and I think he has a real record to stand on. Before we get into how it affects the other candidates, the elephant in the room, of course, is being connected to Eric Holcomb, and Eric Holcomb is not considered popular. Doesn't matter what the polling numbers are. Republicans aren't happy with him. I get what I just said. It doesn't matter what the polling numbers are. Republicans are not happy with him. Nobody says, my gosh, Eric Holcomb, what a great governor. It's meh at best. Holcomb managed to end his career as governor, not matching the excitement of Mike Pence. That's something. That is really something. And of course, it's the COVID lockdowns. And of course, it's not voting to protect young women uh, in, in, in sports. And of course, it's just being in, in this unbelievably way detached from where uh, the Hoosier citizenry is. He just not an engaged guy. And I don't think that's just me saying that. But Chambers is not connected to Holcomb and those issues and failures because those are social failures. Chambers dealt with the economics and businesses came to the state of of Indiana and he could take credit for that while clearly being well at arm's length of the other things. He's in a fine position as opposed to Suzanne Crouch, who I'm telling you, she can now get out of this race. She's a lovely person. Chambers in. Anybody who's already endorsed Suzanne Crouch, they gotta be asking themselves, okay, what was that for? What was the point of that? 
Suzanne Crouch is somehow going to grab an audience of people who uh, at least still like Holcomb that Chambers isn't going to clearly sweep the table on. And Chambers has the money to take on Mike Braun, who's the clear frontrunner, the senator, uh, Mike Braun. And they're going to have to compete on economic visions. Meanwhile, there's the entire activist class that's totally going to back Curtis Hill, the former attorney general, because they believe Curtis Hill got a raw deal and Braun wants some of those people. So now he has to fight uh, Chambers on the economic vision part to successful businessmen and Curtis Hill on the activist side of how you really fight for, for your rights in a state. Suzanne Crouch, there is, there is no lane for her at all. That's my take. And Eric Doden, who is a businessman from Fort Wayne, um, there's just there there's too many other people that you can go with who have a better history, a better story, a better connectivity. You just don't need to go the Doden route. I have nothing against dude. I've never met the guy. Chambers changes this race. This is not now a five-person race. This is a three-person race. Chambers, Braun, and Curtis Hill. Braun will not be able to uh, package lightning in a bottle twice. He won't be able to take a look at the people running against him and say, oh, look, it's the same person like he did to Todd Rokita and Luke Messer when he ran for Senate. He won't be able to do it because Brad Chambers and Curtis Hill are not the same person. And the attempt to try and tie Chambers to Colcom, I think, is going to fail amongst that C-suite class That was going to be deciding who am I giving my money to? And they may look at that attack on Chambers as nonsensical and therefore give to Chambers if Braun goes that way. Chambers can actually ignore Braun, but Chambers now has to explain to the activist set where he is with, let's say, parental rights in schools and where he is on protecting young women in sports. He's going to have to engage that. He's going to have to make the statements and they better be plain spoken. You start word salading this stuff. You sound like Kamala Harris, and that is the 100% end right there to your campaign. It never sounds good when you sound like this. <laughs> As for Curtis Hill, he has to believe that the activist class is going to get it, be enough to get him over the hump in a primary. Financially, I'm not so sure that's true. I mean, you could show me data and and prove me wrong, but I don't know. I can't imagine uh, that the establishment or the C-suite is going to be really rocking for for, for Curtis in that one. So we finally have an interesting race for governor in Indiana. And not a moment too soon. Because we need an interesting race in Indiana. Yeah, we got it. It is on I can't imagine anybody else getting in the race. Brad Chambers is in. He's running for governor. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Hard Truth and John Mellencamp. Yeah, how did you not know that was going to be a thing? I think it kind of had to be a thing, right? Tony Katz, Tony Katz Today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyCats.com. Uh, As the story goes, uh, the people at Hard Truth, which make some fine, fine beverages. Uh, they're down there in Brown County. Uh, they make 
bourbon, they make rye, they make vodka, they, they make everything. The toasted coconut, was it, is it rum or was it just liqueur? It, it's, it's terrific. Um, they have created a partnership with John Mellencamp. Um, it's the Mellencamp Whiskey Company. And they're going to release a new whiskey collection celebrating and supporting Hoosier farmers. Uh, everything about this fits. Now, I can't tell you that I'm the biggest Mellencamp fan. It's not so much the music as it is uh, the politics of, of, of John Mellencamp. Um, supporting farmers is, is not the issue. Supporting uh, farmers is is just absolutely fine. Um, it's... it's um, I always get the feel that Mellencamp has this this taste for the socialism that comes out in a myriad of ways, and I'm just I'm just not down. I, I've just never been been down. Um, but supporting farmers, I'm down with hard truth. Hard Truth Distilling uh, launched something called the Grounded in Truth Initiative, providing resources and support to local independent and family uh, farmers. It, the, the the whole connection, I, I get, and I don't think hard truth is wrong to do it at all. It makes perfect sense. Now, Mellencamp Whiskey is um, co-founded by Hud Mellencamp, who is the son of John Mellencamp. But Mellencamp is Mellencamp. It only has one name, and there's a reason for it. It's like Hunter Biden uh, and people saying, oh, yeah, he's his own man. Now, Hud might very well be his own man, but the name Mellencamp makes you think John. The name Biden makes you think Joe. It's just not not a deniable thing. I'm not comparing Hud and Hunter. That would be rude. I don't know anything about Hud Mellencamp. I wish the dude the absolute best. Um, it's also really good for Indiana. Uh, hard truth is good for Indiana. What they've built down there in Brown County is something spectacular. The work that they've done to make rye the official drink of, of, of Indiana, smart, good stuff. And they make some excellent product. They make some excellent, excellent product. We've reviewed it uh, repeatedly uh, on Eat, Drink, Smoke. We've we've reviewed, that's my cigar and bourbon show. We have reviewed the things that they make. And and the one of the interesting follow-ups to this story is, is that spirits have now overtaken wine as the second most popular drink in America. And again, totally not surprising. Bourbon had been building in popularity for the last decade. Bourbon was on the the ascent, for sure. Then COVID came. Well, then it was off to the races. It, it, It was... Everybody was drinking and trying and buying because the liquor stores were still open. People had free time. They had free cash because they weren't spending it on, let's say, gas for the car. And they were home. There were no commutes. So you could sip on something and you could sip on something while you were working. Who was actually watching you work? And bourbon exploded. And one of the other things that exploded was tequila. We're not talking about, let's say, uh, Sammy Hagar Cabo Wabo, and there's nothing wrong with Sammy Hagar nor Cabo Wabo uh, uh, tequila. We're talking about the sipping whiskeys. I'm sorry, sipping whiskeys, sipping tequilas. And there are so many of them. Tequila is a much easier product to make, much less lead time. Remember, with bourbon, if you want a straight bourbon, what they call a straight bourbon or a straight rye, it has to be at least two years in the bottle if it, or in the barrel. If you take bourbon and you go through all the steps, 51% corn, all the other things, and you put it into a barrel, uh, first use charred oak barrel. That's that's the rule. That's the law 
I, I mean, I wrote a book about it. Let's Go Bourbon. It's available at Amazon.com. Literally wrote the book on this. Not Maybe not the book, but a book. I wrote a book on this. If it goes in the barrel and out of the barrel, that's bourbon. But to be straight bourbon, it has to be two years in the barrel. So two years in the barrel to be a straight bourbon. Otherwise, it's, it's bourbon just can't be called a straight bourbon like you might see a straight rye. But it can go in and out of the barrel and, st- and still be uh, bourbon. That, that's doable. T- and Tequila, six months. See, people don't really drink the younger year bourbon. They think that it's not mature, it's too green. And some of them really and truly are. It's sitting in the barrel and it's getting the flavors out of the wood. That's what it's all about. That's like, uh, have you ever heard of Jefferson's Ocean? So Jefferson's Ocean and Jefferson's Reserve, two, two different things, same world. What makes Jefferson's Ocean interesting is they say that it's aged at sea. And they take the barrels and they put them on a boat and the movement of the boat is moving the bourbon all around the barrel and it's extracting more flavor out of the wood, out of the oak. Conceptually, that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense that that happens, that you're getting more touch points. But there are plenty of people who put the bourbon in the barrel, in the rickhouse, and it's just sitting there and it gets plenty of flavor, right? So so that's, that's the whole point of, of Aged at Sea. I'm not going to tell them they're not they're not aged at sea. I've never seen the boats. I'm not going to tell them they're not aged at sea. It takes time, though, because of people not wanting those younger years. Oh, my God, if it's not aged four years. Oh, it's only aged seven years. And people act like they know what the hell they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about, but they've decided in their heads that it has to be aged a long time in order for it to be any good. That's not the case. Now, sometimes it's totally the case that some of these long-aged bourbons are spectacular. Not every time. There are plenty of younger bourbons that have a very, very nice flavor profile to them for a myriad of reasons. And you got to try the things in order to, you know, figure out what what you like and what works and and, and what doesn't. But as a matter of marketing, oh, it doesn't have at least four years. Oh, I wouldn't try that. I wouldn't have anything like that. So bourbon takes time. That's the whole point of this. Bourbon takes time. Tequila, three months, six months, boom, bop, bip, done. It's just a different process. So tequila was easier to make more of. And there were no tariff issues with European countries. With, uh, when Trump was president, there were tariffs uh, back and forth. Tequila had no tariffs, so it was an easier product not only to get, but it was a lower cost product. And people said, yeah, let me try that. And tequila became, during COVID, the fastest selling spirit or in terms of growth in America huge so when you see this story i think this people at the spiritsbusiness.com that spirits overtakes wine as the second most popular drink absolutely believe that 100 percent. it was a poll by gallup 31 percent of drinkers select spirits 29 percent favor wine uh the beer is 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 the top alcoholic drink of choice 37 percent makes sense about cost and, and a bunch of of other things Makes perfect sense. So the, the, the world is growing. Spirits has, has really come back. And it's so strange because Spirits is back while mocktails are growing. Entire bars that are built around selling non-alcoholic drinks. Non-alcoholic mixed drinks. It's, it's crazy. More and more younger generation people not drinking. But what they are drinking, they want to know the story about. And they're willing to spend a little bit more 
on. Really, really uh, cool one-two punch there. And I, again, love the hard truth story. And then there's Ego, which has decided to launch Brunch in a Jar. Now, this is something they do with Sugarlands Distilling. If you haven't tried Sugarlands Distilling, Sugarlands Distilling is, is what it's called, uh, Sugarlands.com, these guys are nuts. Nuts. They do these uh, sipping creams, Appalachian sipping cream, and they've got, they've got a whole bunch of them. Uh, they, they've got uh, the banana pudding sipping cream, the butter pecan, dark chocolate coffee. Okay, uh, the banana pudding and the dark chocolate coffee. Yes, uh, please. Then they have the Ego Nog sipping cream. I have that. It's in my fridge. Oh, it's terrific. It's like a, it's like a waffle eggnog. It's fantastic. Electric orange, peanut butter. How are these people not a sponsor? What is... What is going on here? Seriously, Appalachian uh, Sipping Cream, let's get to it. They do super cool stuff. The Ego Brunch in a Jar. 20% alcohol by volume. It's um, the taste of waffles in maple syrup. Right? I don't think you get bacon out of it. Yeah, that'd be pretty good if you get bacon out of it. Uh, very cool. And this goes along with Dunkin' Donuts. They are going to start selling spiked coffee. Uh, I, honestly, I just, I'm just i surprised they just didn't go straight for hard seltzer. Uh, I'm a little shocked myself. Dunkin' spiked iced coffee and tea coming to 12 states. Sadly, uh, Indiana is not one of them. They're all East Coasters. Now, they're, remember, they started in Massachusetts. Uh, so Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and then Texas. What? Now, they're not going to be sold at the Duncan locations. They're going to be sold, I guess, uh, I guess, in liquor stores. The coffee is 6% alcohol by volume, caramel, mocha, vanilla, and original. The tea is 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, half tea, half lemonade, the Arnold Palmer, as we know it, kids. Strawberry dragon fruit and mango pineapple. Um, again, I'm surprised it's not a seltzer. I'll try, I'll try the coffees. I'll try the coffees. And it's certainly um, uh, your, 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 your PTA meeting is going to be different when mom's like, oh, just having a little coffee for the meeting. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Check, double check, and recheck. Um, I... Does it have to be more coffee or more alcohol? I would assume it has to smell more coffee. Not smell, taste. I assume it has to taste more coffee than than alcohol. I'm assuming that's what you'd want. You want coffee, but you want to get wicked drunk. There you go. That's that's the that's the one too. Yeah, sure. I want to wake up, but also then can I not just pass out? Dunkin' Coffee, spiked for your pleasure. Wait, is that not the headline? I thought that was the tagline. Oh, I thought I had it. I thought I had it right. So a uh, lot of movement. A lot of movement in the world of, of alcohol. Not surprised. Yeah, you, you've taken a look at the news. You'd be drinking too. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.
This is a conversation about tactics. This is not a conversation about who you like. This is a conversation about winning. This isn't a conversation about loyalty. And let me say for the record, as clear as day, anybody who tells me I have to be loyal to a candidate, I think is weird as can be and is completely confused. I am loyal to my country. Candidates come and go. Politicos come and go. They are cogs in the machine. And when the cog doesn't work, bloop, I replace it, bloop, and then I move on. Because that's reality. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. He is uh, the man you read over at Town Hall. He is, of course, a trial lawyer uh, by career, a retired United States Army colonel. He is also an author. Uh, he has written the Kelly Turnbull series of books that you can get at Amazon.com, along with a series of other books, including Conservative uh, Insurgency. I believe I got that right. And also the author of the book, 21 Lies About Donald Trump and You, which I did the audiobook version of. So we're not talking about somebody who hates Donald Trump, but understands from his time at the War College the very concept of tactics. So let's start from the beginning, Kurt Schlichter. Let's start with this indictment in Georgia. First, an overview as a lawyer, your take on the indictment, and then the follow-up is, as you see these four indictments, what does this say to you as somebody who wants to win in 2024 and defeat Joe Biden about how we do it? Well, thanks for having me, Tony. Um, you know, you, you asked me my opinion of this uh, as a lawyer, and I don't have an opinion of it as a lawyer because it's not a legal matter. Uh, it is a political act, an act of power. It's a disgrace. It's attack our Constitution. I mean, you look at it as a lawyer. I read it, and it's a joke. I mean, Fannie Williams is a borderline clinical moron. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's painfully laughable what they're trying to do it's you know and you get these earnest former united states attorneys which is not a selling point on msnbc important no it's stupid it's never been used before and you know why it's never been used before because it's inapplicable it's a joke and if you actually think it has legal merit you're an idiot it's all a lie and a scam designed to knock the political opponent of the president of the United States out of the race. Now, uh, hold on. I'm going to stop said, you just for a second, Kurt. Sure. Hold on right there. You and I wholeheartedly agree on the, uh, on this one. Oh, yeah. And I actually wasn't sure 100% where, where you were. There is no doubt for me that this is political. When you saw that uh, no. Fannie Willis, uh, I think it's Fannie Willis, um, pushing for March 4th for the trial date to start and Super Tuesday is March 5th. When you see the special counsel, Jack Smith, saying we should have this trial January 2nd and then just a week and a half later, you have the Iowa caucuses. This is uh, political. The argument is going to be, well, the trials have to happen sometime. What are you going to do? Is there an argument that could be made. Well, what are you going to do? The trials are going to happen sometime, and it's just interfering, and that's the only reason Trump is running, so he doesn't get charged. Well, he's already been charged. He, 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 you, you could put them all off until after the election. 
but they don't want to do that because what they want to do is build up sympathy for Trump so that he becomes the nominee. I, they, they understand that they are so, the ruling class is so incompetent, so corrupt, and so evil that people hate it so much that when you charge somebody, when it charges somebody with a crime, a, a significant portion of the population will actually like that person more and support that person because they hate our garbage ruling class so much. And I fully understand that. They're certainly uh, uh, deserving of that level of contempt. Uh, but I see a bunch of our Republicans uh, – well, actually, I'm not sure how many are Republicans. Uh, I think a lot of people came into politics because they liked Donald Trump, and they are not Republicans in the sense that they don't share the general ideology of the Republican Party, which they will be proud of. And they will tell you that right before they call you a rhino for not uh, licking Donald Trump's toes. Um, the – the thing is, you know, there's a concept called a kill zone. That's the place in an ambush where you want the enemy to be so you can put maximum fire on them and they can uh, uh, not really do anything except die. Well, these guys are gleefully marching into the kill zone that the Democrats have set up because Donald Trump is hated by 53 percent of America. Unreasonably, I believe I'll happily vote for Donald Trump uh, if he's the nominee. I will vote for whoever is the nominee. Uh, but 53 percent of Americans hate him for whatever reason, and he will lose the general election, which is why the Democrats want him to be our nominee. And I see these guys trooping into the kill zone with a big sign there going, caution, you are entering the kill zone. And they're you know, walking in you know, with their memes and mumbling about meatball, and uh, uh, they're, going to get, uh, they're going to get wiped out. But worse than that, they're going to do grave damage to the United States. I find it very annoying. So Meatball refers to Meatball Ron, by the way, one of the many, many names that Trump and company want to call Ron DeSantis. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. Find his work at townhall.com. One of the many books, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. I actually did the audio book if you want to grab that. I bring up that book specifically because you have been uh, I have been asking the question you have been much more hardcore about the thing I'm not surprised young man um, that you don't think Donald Trump can win a general and your only interest is winning my only interest is winning and the part that I wanted to get into was a very the, the very conversation of tactics I bring up the book the 21 biggest lies about Donald Trump and you because this isn't about whether or not you like Donald Trump this isn't about whether or not you agree with all the indictments this is about how you win and people are having a very very hard time separating these concepts they argue that if you don't defend trump by voting for trump you're not actually defending trump counter that argument well look you 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 bring up tactics and strategy the democrats have a strategy they have a long-term plan to achieve their objective getting biden in office uh, which involves suckering the Republicans into putting a damaged candidate who is, I, I think has about a 15% chance of winning. When I say he can't win, no, no, and anybody can win. There's a very small chance you don't bet on long shots uh, over time and win. Uh, the problem is the Trump supporters are thinking not strategy, but tactics. So they're very excited about the latest meme that shows. Uh, uh, you know, Ron DeSanctis out partying at the Soros condo with Jeb Bush and Carl uh, uh, Rove. And they think that's great. That is a tactic, a short term, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, offensive while the Democrats are playing the long game. And, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, <laughs> lieutenants play stra- uh, play tactics, generals play strategy, and generals win or lose wars. One of the things that you stated was that the purpose of the indictments is to, for the Democrats, we talk about strategy, to push Trump as the nominee. The purpose of the of the indictments is to get the Republican Party to take the bait, make uh, Trump the nominee, and therefore he will lose. In yeah. how do you come to that? Because that sounds very very tinfoil. Well, look, it, it, there are multiple reasons why they want to do it. They just hate Donald Trump for daring to defy them. Uh, they want to set up a lesson that if you uh, challenge. Uh, uh, election shenanigans will throw you in prison, while we'll also celebrate our side when it does it, uh, the exact same thing or worse. Um, so there are multiple reasons. But a key reason is if they pers- prosecute him on these bogus charges, and every single one of them is bogus, there is not one charge in any of these four things that has ever been applied against anybody else in his position or like his position in this way. All of this is new ground. And, you know, when you're when you're prosecuting your political opponents, perhaps uh, uh, unique and uh, unprecedented uh, uh, criminal uh, charges are not the way to go. You know, if you took a hatchet and planted in Melania's head, that's murder. Okay, that's normal. We all understand that. Yeah. Okay, But conspiracy to deprive people of civil rights by saying this election uh, deprived my people of their civil rights. I think that's that's kind of a stretch. So there's multiple things that they are doing, but certainly the one that is most concerning is it is and it is working. Uh, you've got these Trump people um, who 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 are emotionally invested in Trump, and they think I will show them I won't do what they want me to do, which of course is exactly what they want you to do. And so- when you point it out. They get mad at you. And, you know, you know they'll, they'll get mad at me. And I'm not the enemy. The enemy is out there, but, you know, the enemy's ignoring them. I pay attention to them so I can and, – and people who agree with me and, and, to, and, and you uh, uh, are available for them to vent their fury on. We're the problem because we're pointing out something they don't want to hear, and we're there to listen. It is a, a – this is a cry – of uh, uh, fury and rage by people who are disempowered. And the problem is they're choosing to be disempowered by supporting a guy who can't win. So any other Republican will clean the uh, mop the floor with Biden. Let's let, let, let's let's turn that just a, just a little bit. Kurt. Um, I, I agree that people feel if uh, they feel disenfranchised uh, they feel like my god this this is not our country this is this is beyond corruption this is beyond sick what they're doing to this guy the only guy who has stood up and remember he does fight you cannot be denied uh, that that trump is a fighter um and we need to be supportive of fighters and what they have determined first is that nobody else is a fighter and they have certainly determined that it's simply unfair for the left to do this and that means we have to abandon the guy i make the argument and i believe you make the argument 
that it's not about abandoning the guy. It's about no. ensuring that everybody else has to deal with the consequences of what it is they've done. And that goes to the leaving of everything on the table. Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader, has said impeachment would be a bad idea. That of that of, of Joe Biden because of Hunter Biden and everything else, that is not leaving everything on the table. If you yeah. are talking tactics and strategy, if you were talking to Ramaswamy or DeSantis or 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 Pence or oh, we won't say Christie, let's not be silly. Um, uh. what is it that you're advising as a tactician, as a guy who focuses on strategy about what to do if you were if they were to win? Uh, the the White House and are any of them really willing to engage the strategies that would appease the people who want to vote for Trump because he's the only guy they trust? Well, look, I, I you know you you have a snapshot of Ron DeSantis over the last six years and what he's done in Florida. He's actually done the things uh, that you know to some extent Trump ran his mouth about. Uh, Trump did a lot of good things. There are a lot of things he didn't do well. He let Fauci stay. He let Ray stay. He let Millie stay. Um, DeSantis cleans house. DeSantis is ruthless. And, you know, look, I like Donald Trump, but he's got weaknesses. And one of them is he wants to be liked. He wants to be liked by the New York Times. Uh, he, he wants to, you know, I mean, he, he wants to be loved. And Ron DeSantis doesn't care about being loved. And frankly, I think that's a uh, much more uh, important attributes uh, for being president now. Frankly, you know, Trump goes and loses. He's still got these at least two federal uh, sets of charges against him. Uh, DeSantis wins. DeSantis will turn around and pardon him, and he, DeSantis won't care what the New York Times says about it. He'll do it the first day. He'll be done. And, uh, you know, I just... It, it, it's very frustrating to see what is manifestly clear and people wish casting their way to say, you know, you get people go, no, 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 Trump's going to win. Trump's going to totally win. Okay. How's he win Wisconsin? Well, he will. Okay. Not a plan. That's called a hope. Hope does not equal a plan. How does he win Wisconsin? Cause he lost it. Well, he only lost it by a little. So yeah, he lost it. Well, they'll cheat. Okay. Whatever. You know, maybe if they, maybe they're so concerned about cheating, Donald Trump shouldn't have, endorsed and made sure Ronald McDaniel, who had failed in multiple previous elections, uh, got the RNC again. But that, you know, that's kind of a tangent. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, find his work at townhall.com. One of his books, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, available at amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. And the Kelly Turnbull series of books you can get at amazon.com. Also, um, I'm with you, man, on the frustration. I, I, I really and truly am. And I'm also with you on the ruthlessness because it, it, you understand, I understand, that the way we are discussing this issue, it's not that Trump's the ruthless one and Trump supporters are the ruthless ones, and I get their position. No, not. We're the ruthless ones. We just want to win. We want to absolutely ensure that the other side doesn't get a chance to destroy the nation any further. It's about winning. That's the only thing it can be about. I am completely indifferent to Donald Trump in the sense, as far as uh, his hopes, dreams, 
uh, reputation anywhere else. It doesn't matter to me. I'm also completely indifferent to that about Ron DeSantis. These guys aren't my friends. They're not my employers. They are tools. They are weapon systems. They are, uh, as you put it uh, accurately, cogs in the machine. Politicians are fungible. If one becomes uh, a liability, you go to the next one. I am not loyal to a politician. I'm loyal to God, my country, and my family, and my friends. I am not loyal to some politician. And anybody who is, get your head examined and, and take a class in moral literacy because you're a mess. Kurt Schlichter is his name. You can follow him on Twitter, which is X at Kurt Schlichter. Find his work at townhall.com. Kurt, it's always a pleasure, man. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. New York City now banning TikTok on official devices. You've got uh, prohibition from it being on government devices. People can have it on their personal uh, device. Of course, it's happening more and more because China uses this as a spying tool. They do. Uh, I'm surprised to see it from, from New York. But it's, it's the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope that even people on the political left recognize, uh, not, not all of them, but some, that China's a threat and what they're doing technology-wise is a threat and what they're feeding our kids through these social media platforms is a threat and they have to be dealt with in no uncertain terms. If we can come together on that, we have a fighting chance. Gotta have faith that something's gonna work. We can work out something between us. Find everything at TonyCats.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.